You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. So let me make a statement right here because this is, this is very important for us to get. And I think, we, I think when we talk about light and darkness, I think a lot of times in sermons, uh, even writing songs, singing songs, books that we read, articles, whatever, I think sometimes we, you know, we talk about darkness and everything, and, and darkness becomes this big old huge deal to us. But let me make this statement right here to you, is that darkness is not a real thing. Okay, that's... Got to think about that just a minute, and I I guess that's what I probably want to spend these first 10 minutes is just kind of talking about why it isn't, okay? Darkness is not a real thing. Darkness is merely the absence of light, okay? So imagine this, you know, down the hallway, this back hallway down there, there's a closet, and in that closet is darkness, you know, imagine if I asked Justin, Justin, how about going down there and get us a couple of handfuls of darkness and bring it into the room? That would be foolish for me to ask him that, right? You can't grab a couple of handfuls of darkness or go get a pail or whatever, you know, and get, get, go get a bucket or something and bring, bring dark. Darkness isn't a real thing like that. You know, or under this stage right here, it's dark. It's dark into this stage. So, so what if we, we took a saw and we cut this and we just peeled back the stage so this darkness could just filter in here? What would happen? Nothing, right? Because darkness is not a real thing. You know, how, how, do, you, how do you get darkness somewhere? Well, let, let's, let's do that for a minute, okay? So how about, if y'all will, guys, would y- y'all just turn off the lights for us. Give me some darkness right here, okay? There we go. All right. Now, okay, it's not perfect, but this is as much as we get. And uh, in the first, I didn't hear anybody's second service, but in the first service, some people say, man, it's kind of dark in here. Well, we've got the blinds down a little bit lower. We're doing everything we can to make it as dark as we can in here, okay? But how did we get it to be darker in here? We did not bring anything in, we took something out. Well, I'm sorry, the other way around. We did not take anything out. We, we took something out of that way. We took, yes, we did take something out. We didn't bring anything in, we took something out. We didn't bring in darkness, we took out the light. Why? Because darkness is the absence of light. And that's all it is. And that's, the, that's the only way to get darkness is to get rid of the light. Okay, so thinking about that for just a moment. Okay, and, and listen, I, I know you probably know all, everything I'm saying right here, it, it's probably like, well, duh, we get that, Pastor. But I want, I want us to really get it and understand it. So bear with me just another minute here. So then, how do we get rid of the start? Well, you know, I can't get a bunch of you guys say, hey, everybody grab a handful of darkness, let's take it outside and throw it outside. We can't get rid of the darkness that way, can we? How do we get rid of the darkness? Um, how about, if you can, bring up just a little bit of light for me. Whoa. Just a little bit of light there. That's a little bit of light. But to me, I don't know about y'all, but that changed things a lot for me. I'm having a hard time seeing out there now. You know, and you see me now, you can see me a lot better than you could just a few minutes ago. You know, you know how powerful light is? Uh, they say that, the, you know, the, the darkest place in the universe is actually in, like, in the center of a planet, like, like in a cave or something, you know, like that. That's the darkest place. If you, could, if you can go underground, that's the darkest place. But if you go underground, all you need is just, like, one little candle to light that candle, and it's enough to start illumin- illuminating the room where you can, your eyes will adjust, and you can start seeing to get around. 
But that's all it takes It's just a little bit of light. Give me a little bit more light. Let's bring the lights up just a little bit more. Got a little bit more coming? Yeah. A little bit more. Give me a little bit more light. All right. Yeah, a little bit more. It's coming up just slowly here and there. You see the difference in your eyes adjusting? I guess it's a good thing we didn't just throw them all on at once, maybe give some of you guys migraines or whatever, right? Okay, but, but let's, one more time, can you give me just a little bit more light? Just a little bit, whoa, yeah, there we go, okay. Anybody went to sleep while the lights were out? Y'all woke up now, aren't you? And these people right here, man, y'all are in the light, okay? Some of y'all in the darkness over here, y'all need to start living in the light over here in the middle, not sitting on the fringes, okay? All right, so, so, so how, again, how did we get rid of the darkness? We didn't load it up. We didn't take it out. The way we got rid of the darkness was by bringing in the light. Okay? Because darkness is not a real thing. Light is the real thing. Because darkness is its not like a, like a commodity. Like we talked last week about truth being a real thing, a commodity. Darkness is not a commodity. Darkness is just the absence of light. So the way to get rid of darkness is to just... Bring in the light. I mean, that's, that's all it takes. Now, where, where is the dark? The darkness that was, in this, that was in this room just a few minutes ago, where is it now? You th- ever think about that? See, because, you know, the light, if we had light, you know, a flashlight, and I walked around the corner, you could say, that, you could say the flashlight, the light's around the corner. You know, the darkness that was in this room a few moments ago before we turned the light back on here on the stage and a little bit out there, where did it go? It's not around the corner. It's not crouching and hiding and waiting for you guys to not be paying attention where it can jump out and scare you. That's not the way darkness works. It's not there anymore. It was dispelled because light dispels darkness. And here's the awesome thing is that darkness can never dispel light. And, 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 and speaking of Jesus, the Word of God tells us, tells us that specifically. And right here in John chapter 1, it's calling Jesus the Word, capital W, to let you know that it's talking about Jesus, and about how he was, he was uh, involved in the creation and everything that was created. And it says in verse 4 and 5, the Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it, never, ever Ever there is there is never going to be a darkness that can extinguish the light, but light can always dispel the just a little bit of light can dispel the darkness. But there is no amount of darkness that can destroy light. Now I, I, that may not sound very important to you unless you've made the leap with me right here that we're talking about spiritual darkness today and spiritual light. We're not talking about just physical light and darkness. We're talking about spiritual. And spiritual darkness can never extinguish spiritual light. But all it takes is just a little bit of spiritual light to totally dispel darkness. You see, here's here's the way this all works. Is is the only thing for, uh, the, the thing that has to happen for darkness to win is for light to be absent. Okay, the thing that has to happen for darkness to win is for, is for light to be absent. But the only thing light has to do to win is just show up. Just when light just shows up, when the light comes on, that's all it has to do is for darkness to begin to be dispelled. And, and we're talking about spiritual things right here, okay? So it, it, we, we, we worry about darkness or darkness is scary or whatever, but spiritual darkness, the, the only way spiritual darkness wins is when the light doesn't show up. But as soon as the light shows up, spiritual light wins over the spiritual darkness every single time. It's that simple. 
And, and, the, and the, reason this, the reason this is important is because, uh, I mean, you may be, you know, don't want you to misunderstand me here, that, uh, that it's, it's, not, it's not serious or it's not causing a lot of problems, but that's the really important, here, important thing here is to understand this, is that it's just that simple to defeat such a, such a, uh, a, a horrible plague on our world today. Because I don't want you to misunderstand me. There are dark places in the world, all around us. There's darkness in the world. I don't want you to misunderstand me to say that it's, not, that, it, that it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. But I want you to understand how simple it is to dispel the darkness. Actually, in the book, uh, if you will, take me on. Yeah, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Okay, we're not talking about flashlights and candles anymore. Okay, we're talking about the spiritual darkness and spiritual light. But we're wrestling against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. I'm not telling you this isn't a serious issue. This is a very serious issue. I mean, you, you see the words there? You see what the, the message is in, just, in those, uh, those verses of Scripture right there? You see the message that is there? That it is very serious. People's lives are at risk. People's futures, people's eternity is at risk. Marriages are at risk. Finances are at risk. Health is at risk. All of the things that we're worried about, the things that mean things to us, they're all at risk. But what we've got to understand is how simple it is to change the situation. Because all that has to happen for all of this darkness to be defeated, I mean, because we read I mean, Ephesians chapter 6 and we talk about, the, talk about the weapons of our warfare and we talk about all this and we, and we talk about how, and it almost appears to be scary, but you, you've got to understand that as serious as this is, and it is very serious, it is so simple to defeat because all it takes is for the light to show up. We don't have to win a battle. We don't have to fight the enemy. The enemy's already defeated. And when the light of Christ in us shows up, everything's, it's over. It's done. It's taken care of. Everything, it's, it's that simple, okay? Um, so now, what do, what do you do if you find yourself, because this, this is scary right here, right? But what do you do if you find yourself in one of those places where it's dark? What do you do? If you walk into a dark room, what do you do? Turn the light on, right? Last house Dave and I uh, lived in, you know, we just sold our house. We're going to, you know, we, we bought some land. We're going to build a house. And that, that house that we lived in, we were there, I think, 11 years and for the first six years that we lived there, there was a light switch. It was dead in our, in our, in our, live, in our, in our bedroom. I meant, I'm sorry, in our bedroom. And it was dead. It didn't, didn't work anything. About six years after we lived there, I finally found where the wires ran to, and they were just, you know, just had wire nuts on, on the end. And so, you know, we were able to connect and actually start using that light. You know, so, oh, there it is. You know, there's another way to use this light. We can actually turn it on this way now. You know, for about six years, we didn't know where that light switch went. But guess what I did just about every time I walked in that room? Just about for six years, right before I found where, that, where those, lights, uh, those wires actually ran, for six years, I walked into that room and I flipped that light switch. You know, now, if, if I were to ever, you know, walk in there and say, no, stop, let me think just a minute, does this light switch work? Well, that's just not the way we do things, right? I mean, we're just walking in, flipping it on and going. It's the most natural thing in the world, right, when you walk into a dark room to look for the light and turn the light switch on. Even maybe if way down deep you know it's not going to work, still you want to turn the light switch on. Okay, get that. Understand that. It should be the most natural thing to us as Christians when we step into a dark place to look for a way to get some light into that dark place. Come on, right? Amen? Isn't it? 
It should be the most natural thing to me and you. Even if, it's, even if we're thinking, I don't know this is going to work. But even if we were thinking that, we got to find a way to somehow get light into that place. If, if it's in your, in your life, in your marriage, are there some dark places in your marriage? Or maybe some dark places in your finances? Maybe where you work, it's a really dark place. Well, what do you need to do? You need to find a way to get the light turned on in that place. Or, or not just your life, but what about the people around you? You know, people, maybe there's someone around you that their, their, their marriage is in trouble. Their marriage is in a dark place, and they've been confiding in you. Then, then what's the solution? Man, the solution is get the light on. Turn the light on some way. Find a way. Even, even if you think, I don't know if this is going to work or not, but i got to find a way to, to get some light on in this place. If, and if you, if you don't find it, you keep trying. And if you don't find it, you keep trying and keep trying. And you just shine the light the best that you can. In the sermon notes today online, the Connect page, church2911.com slash connect. In the sermon notes, uh, there's a lot of extra scripture there that I don't have time to throw at you. Check those out. You want to know how to get the light on? And Ephesians chapter 5 is also there. The whole chapter, I really, I really dare you to just read that and just, and just check yourself and just see where you are with the light and, and, and let Ephesians chapter 5 just kind of dig into you and say, well, how am I doing with this? Is my light shining pure and all of those things? Because wherever we, wherever we go in this world, you and I, we have to take the light because people's lives are at risk. People's eternities are at risk. Whether people are going to die and know Jesus Christ when they're dying or not, that, that's, that's the risk. That's the danger. That's what's, that's what's up in the balances right now. And so you and I, we have to make sure that everything that we do, that we are the light everywhere that we go. And, but not just out there either, but also right here. I mean, this is one of the reasons that attending Church services on Sunday mornings or, or small group throughout the week. That's why they are so powerful, so encouraging to us because of all the light that we find here. All the light. You know, people ask, I mean, it's, it's one of those questions pastors get asked all the time. Do I really have to go to church to get to heaven? You know, there's, I, I, I don't know that there's a, just a yes or no answer to that. Uh, I'd really like to talk to you about that if that's what you really want to know. You know, but there, there's, there's a lot of ways, you know, you can get there quicker. You know, like if I, you know, if I just throw caution to the wind and, you know, just eat exactly whatever I want to and never exercise another day in my life, I'd probably get to heaven a little quicker than I am going right now. But I choose not to do it that way, right? You know, I choose to not go that direction. And so in the same way, I want to do, I want to do what's right. I want to make sure that I get there. I don't want to say, well, do I have to? I don't want to ask the question. I want to make sure that I get there. And I want to make sure everybody around me does too. You know, it's because here's what happens when we come to church together. You and I, every one of us. Now, darkness is constantly bombarding us and trying to get into our lives. And so every one of us, we, we deal with this, and we have darkness trying to creep in. But every time we come together, every one of us has a little bit of light, and we bring it into this room. Come on, think about it. What people say is, so I don't have a problem with temptation when I'm at church. You know, I don't have a problem loving everybody in the world when I'm at church. I mean, you know, when pastors preaching on love or, or Jesus or something like that or forgiveness, grace or what, I don't have a problem. I, you know, I can't believe it's in when I get back out in the world. Why? But you're here in the light. You know, at 2911, the, the one thing people say about our church to me over and over is just how friendly it is. And, you know, the friendliness, fellowship, you know, just, just the connections people make and all of those things. Yep, you know, a lot of that is just the light that's in the room. 
I'm talking about the spiritual light that's in the room. And, and you know, we don't know what else to call it except the friendliness and, and the fellowship and the connections that are there and just the joy that's there in those connections. Maybe you didn't know what to call it before now, but you know what I'm talking about, right? It's like that's what's happening in here. And not just in this, this building, in this room, in this particular local church. But in a church where people are coming together, that's why there's such power in a being in a church service is because of all the light that we find once we all come together. And if you just want an hour and 15 minutes worth of light in your week, then just come to church on Sunday. But if you want more than that, I, to join a small group. I mean, don't you, you want more than just an hour and 15 minutes of this? I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons because you know what happens in a small group? Here's, here's what I really love to see happen in a small group. I don't like to be the spotlight of the small group, you know, where I come in and I'm the big blazing spotlight, you know, and I've got the message and I've got the word and y'all all sit there and listen to me because I'm about to hit y'all with the light. I love it when everybody comes in with their, you know, and, and some people it seems like they come in with just a little candle or something, you know, but when they share that little candle and it just adds to all, and, you, and the, there's light all around the room, and, and like we've been sitting at, at ours around a table in our small group this semester, and all around the table it's like the light is just coming on all around the table, and, and yeah, there, there are people there with darkness trying to invade their, their light, but then when you hear, you know, how God is giving this little bit of light in the middle of the darkness and it's, and it's beginning to open other doors, or it's beginning to bring blessing and something, then it's, then it's like an amazing thing. It's like you're so encouraged, especially as a pastor. I'm encouraged to hear uh, we're, we're meeting with uh, just married folks in, in our small group right now. I'm so encouraged to hear all the stuff that God is doing and how he's pouring light into their life. And that, that's why small groups are so encouraging, because of the light that you find there. And, and you may feel like your light isn't doing a whole lot. Join a small group. And just see what your little bit of light can help right here in the church. So it's, it's important to us, it's important for us to not just be light out there, but to also be light in here. John, 1 John chapter 2. I'm sorry, back up. I, I think I skipped this from the first service, Tommy. So, um, and this is, this is a commandment where John is talking about loving your neighbors yourself and loving one another and all that. And John says, Jesus lived the truth of this commandment of loving each other. And you also are living it, for the darkness is disappearing, and the true light is already shining. He said, Jesus lived this, and you're already living it. How did he know? Because I see the darkness disappearing, and I see the true light shining. The more you gather, the more that, the more that you're letting your light shine, I see the darkness disappearing. That's what John is saying right here. And, and the more we come together, the more that we join together, the more that we let our light shine around each other, the more the darkness disappears. And so the, the reason for coming to church, though, is not just for me to soak up the light, but for me to also be the light for somebody else because there's somebody here that's dealing with darkness in their life. Maybe, maybe it's not even their situation or their problem. And it's, a lot of it's not even sin. It's just the darkness, the absence of light in their world. And for, for us to come together and, and fill this place with spiritual light so that, so that the people that are coming in dealing with the darkness, it can just flood that darkness out. Even if just for an hour and 15 minutes or an hour and a half to flood that out so they can walk out here with new light, be able to walk out into the, the darkness that they've got to deal with the rest of this week. And this is what God has called us to do and to be, not, not to just soak up light, not to just say, okay, I'm here. What blessing is there for me today? You know, when you get this, when, when, you, when you really understand this, it's going to be like turning a corner for you. I mean, it, it, it's going to be like, when, when you get this, it's going to be like a light comes on in your life. 
I didn't even get a chuckle. I thought, that was a bad dad joke, but I thought I'd get a little chuckle there about the light coming on, right? Well, Kirk's not here, so he, he's in first service, so he would have laughed with me, right? The light's going to, when you get this, when you understand this, that it's not about me, that what happens is when I start seeing my part in shining light into somebody else's life, then God starts shining more light into my life so that I've got more to shine into their life. When I start paying more attention to being a blessing to others, then God starts pouring more blessing. And behind my back, and I'm not even paying attention, I look around, how did I get so blessed? That when I start praying for other people's needs, for healings, for financial miracles, for jobs, or, or the whatever it is they need in their life, and I'm praying and digging for that, and then God just starts pouring it all on me. Why? Because I figured you will turn a corner in your relationship with Christ when you understand it's not about you. When you start realizing that there is not just more blessed to give than to receive, that there are more blessings in giving than receive, that all of it happens when you start paying attention to what God wants you to do for somebody else. Because then when you make it about somebody else, God makes it all about you. And he starts pouring it. And you, you will turn a corner when you realize that and you get that. This is what God has called us to do. Not to just soak up light, but to be light. What is it that you are called to do? You are called to shine some light, some here, some, some way, in some way today. Now let's go to that scripture in John. This is in the Gospel of John. That was in his, his letter. John chapter 3. John chapter 3. John 3. Does that sound familiar? John 3. 16, right? Y'all know that one, right? You've probably heard that one. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So same conversation, three verses later, right after, same conversation, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, and he's talking about, he's talking about this life, this life that comes through this light. He's talking about that in verse 19. He says, God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. And think about somebody breaking into your house. If you're there, one of the best things you can do is flip the lights on, right? They don't want to be seen. You know, they, they, don't want, they don't want to know that they're being seen. And so, so having light around, it's the same way we are with our sin, the same way we are with our mistakes. We don't want people to shine the light. And so when, when we don't have things right in our life, it makes us want to run from the light, which is the absolute worst thing we can do. When, when there are things and when there's darkness creeping into our life, the, the most important thing we can do is get in the middle of the light, get here on a Sunday, get, in, get into a small group, and make sure that that light is still shining into our life. Because those who do what is right, even if they've got a little darkness in their life, but they're trying to do what is right, they come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. doesn't mean that they're perfect. It doesn't mean that, that they don't have any darkness in them, but it if they're trying to do what's right, they come to the light so that others can see. They come to the light so then others say, why do they get their miracles? You know, and you don't, you don't just have to tell them. They can see it. They can see that you're walking in light, and because you're walking in light, God's meeting needs for you. God's answering requests. God's giving you the things that you need. God's handling things, some situations for you, even though there's a situation God wants us to walk in the light so people see this and understand that there is a connection to this, to doing what God wants. And walking in the light, there's a connection to all the good things that God wants to do for us. The dream, the vision, the, 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 the hope, the purpose, all that God wants to put into our life, there's a connection to that. And so those who are doing their best to walk in the light, they run to the light so other people see that and they realize, wait a minute, here's where it is, guys. You're not going to find it hiding from the light. You're going to find it being in the light. That's our calling 
to not, to not just be here on a Sunday, but to shine our light on a Sunday, and even, even elsewhere in small groups, but outside in our jobs and our communities and everywhere else. This is what God has called us to do because he's gifted us to do it, and he's endowed us with it. Okay, so let me ask you a question. And this is a... Um, this is kind of a, one of the questions we ask around 29-11. I mean, it's something you get asked at growth track and those things. But here recently, it's come up in my conversations where you guys, you know, if I, I've had lunch with some of you or something here recently, and, and this just keeps coming up, keeps coming up, you know. And, and, um, and it's and it, more so than normal just in my regular conversations, even though it's, it's one of our 29-11 things right here, okay, is this, this question. What is your ministry dream? What is your ministry dream? Now, I, I just had a meal with someone not too long ago, and I asked that question. They said, hmm, I never really thought about it. I never really thought about what my ministry dream is. But think about the, the problem there. If you don't think about what your ministry dream is, then you can't fulfill that thing. You can't do that. You, you've got to know what it is first. You know, and, 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 and I feel like, okay, well then, man, if ever, everybody in my church is not thinking along those lines, then I've got to ask that question. So I'm asking it this morning. What's your ministry dream? And, and if you don't know, maybe, let me give you some help right here. What pain or hurt do you want to see healed in the world? What do you see happening in the world, the pain and the hurt that you want to see healed? Or what abuse do you want to help end? You see abuse and... What is it that you want to help put an end to? What injustice do you want to help make right? Wherever there's darkness, there's going to be injustice. What injustice do you want to bring light to so that justice can be brought and things can be made right? Or what turmoil do you want to bring peace to? You know, uh, peace is not the absence of war. I think war is the absence of peace, just like darkness is the absence of light. When there is no peace, then everybody's battling and struggling. But when we bring light, we bring peace. Darkness is dispelled, and battles and struggles and wars are dispelled. What, what battles or, or, or struggles do you want to help bring? What turmoil do you want to bring peace to? Or what, what need or hunger do you want to fill? Somebody, somebody or some peoples out there, some groups or whatever, what hunger is out there that you want to feel, or what struggle or battle do you want to help others win? Because it's not about us, okay? We're talking about ministry dreams. We're not talking about what do I want to see happen in my life. We're talking about what do I want to change about somebody else's situation. So this is one of the reasons we really need to answer this question. Because until we answer this question, we're not, we're, we're not even talking about being light yet. We're still talking about getting the light instead of being the light. Or what disease do you want to see end in your lifetime? You know, I've, I'm asking, what, what are you passionate about? What makes you cry? Do you cry? Do you, ever, do you still cry? I, 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 think, I think one of the things in our country today, in our culture today, is we've, we've lost the ability to cry at a lot of things. We've lost the ability to be embarrassed or ashamed. We've lost that ability. I, I, I tell you, when, you, do you get Amber Alerts? I don't know in any way. When I get Amber Alerts, I don't know about you. I, I have to stop right then and pray. I have to ask God. And I know a lot of those are just custody disputes, but still, even in those, there's they're situations. That's, that's just something that grips me when I realize a kid's been taken. I have to stop. I can't just say, oh, that's bad and go on with my life. I have to stop and pray. 
right then. Or, or, or just abuse, physical abuse or sexual abuse, especially with a kid. When I hear about that happening, you know, I, I, that's, something, that's something that I can't just you know, file away and I'll think about that later. That's something that I have to deal with. I, I have to pray about. I, I, have to, I have to ask God, God, you, you know, we might not know where they are, but you've got to go be with them. So those are the things like that. What, what is it that, that makes you cry? Uh, the abortion numbers. I mean, the ones that I, I gave to you just a couple of weeks ago. I mean, that's, that's something on your pastor's heart is I hear those things, and I, I can't just say those numbers and, and not almost gasp out loud. Those are the things that make me stop, make me think, make me want to cry, make me, make me, work, make me embarrassed for my culture. So wh- what is it for you? you? You need to ask and answer that question. What is your passion for the hurt and the pain and the struggles that are going on in this world? What is your ministry passion? And let me tell you why you really need to answer this question. Because all those things we're talking about are dark places. And those areas will remain dark until we are all serving in those ministry passions. Wherever this area that you're passionate about, this area that is the thing that gets you, until you start working in it, that place is going to stay dark. There's probably thousands of people across the globe that are serving in some way a ministry attitude of helping. And some of them not even Christians. I'm not just talking about that. But they're, and they're working in that area, but that area where, where you can make a difference is going to stay dark until you decide what your ministry passion, your ministry dream is, and you start doing something about it. Just sitting here and talking about it, just sitting here and hearing a, a sermon about it is not going to be enough. You've got to start working in that. And until you do, that area is going to stay dark. Is that, I mean, that, that's enough for me to say, wait a minute, something's got to change. I can't just sit here and allow a place that I'm passionate about to remain dark. I've got to move. I've got to do something. The scripture here is Acts chapter 26. God is speaking to the Apostle Paul here in verse 17. He says, Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. You see, if, if Paul hadn't gone, man, if Paul hadn't gone, Do you know how much of the New Testament you and I wouldn't have today unless God found somebody else to write it? If God hadn't spoken to somebody else to write it, you know, but God said, I'm sending you to the Gentiles. You know, so if he doesn't, if he doesn't, Send Paul, and if, or if Paul doesn't go, or if Paul just wanders around and, and never really shines his light and is the person that God called him to be and fulfills the ministry dream that God has given to him, all those things keep happening. People are still in darkness. They're under the power of Satan. They're still living in sin. But you know what? There's also great promise in that. You see it? Because he says that the last part of that, the last verse says, if you go do this thing that I'm calling you to do, if you shine the light, then they will receive forgiveness for their sins. And they will be given a place among God's people. They will be set apart by their faith in me. The power of, of the light that is inside of you brings that to people. And all it takes is for us to just shine. All it takes for the light to win is to show up and shine in the places that God has given us to shine in. That's all it takes. So answer the question, 
What's your ministry passion? What's your ministry dream? Where is it that you're passionate about? And let's get busy about bringing the light there because someone's forgiveness, someone's eternity, someone's place with Christ, someone's future, someone's eternity is in the balance there. Let's answer the question, and then let's answer the call to go shine. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.